Well, he tells us he doesn't know who's going to win. Fucking liar. No matter the low quality of these matches, it is cool to see them. <laughs> That's why it's called the glancing boot, right? Brilliant. Why don't you just bench Michael Jordan? Say it right again. That's great. Yeah, I said Bariklis, and I, I fuck, I'm pretty sure I felt it move. Uh, so you, you think that... Put up a pinch hitter in for Babe Ruth. <laughs> Hello, all you maple leaf-loving freaks. Man, did you go to the Karate Fighters tournament the other day? It was awesome. Spice Girls showed up. Blew everybody here. <laughs> Do you even like wrestling? Jaded Rasslet presents the year of Duke and Rogue. I am your host, Duke Bags. Kevin Rogue. Kevin Rogue is joining joining me, and today we are covering the Survivor Series 1997, the infamous Montreal Screwjob. Why am I joining you? Why can't you be joining me? Or can't we just, like, we're here. Like, can we be together on this? Do I have to be joining you? Well, you are joining me, aren't you? Well, I think in a lot of aspects, you're joining me. Okay. In today's episode, Duke Beggs will be joining me, Kevin Rogue, to cover the Survivor Series 1997. This son of a bitch takes place. Well, okay. You probably take the lead because I don't have those notes. <laughs> All right. I hope you enjoyed your, your little moment in the spotlight there. Yeah. So this uh, this son of a bitch takes place November 9th, 1997, live from the Molson Center in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Quebec or Quebec? It looks like Quebec to me, but I'm a I'm an American. Yeah, I'm a Quebec guy. So gang rules is the theme of this event. This thing is being brought to you by Milton Bradley's Karate Fighters. You ever have a karate fighter? I want to say I had one, maybe. I bet you did. I figured you would have a karate fighter. You got all the toys. I didn't get shit. You didn't have a karate fighter? <laughs> no, I didn't have a karate fighter. Like I said, I think I had one, and if I did, it was a just kind of a weird addition to the figure set. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I know. You got I the know. one the one rogue figure from a foreign line. <laughs> the karate fighter, I don't think it was a foreign line. <laughs> No, they're probably they're probably made in China. You probably do that, right? Never mind. I'm wrong. We got that gnarly blimp floating around. That's pretty sweet. Uh, That is pretty sweet. So the opening package for this one is a good one. It highlights the main event in the long-awaited rematch between Brett Hitman Hart and Shawn Michaels for the World Championship. So we get a flashback to WrestleMania 12, where the boyhood dream comes true. And, you know, Sean lost his smile. The feuds escalated. Yeah, here we are. I don't like where we're at at this point. Cause when, so when Michaels won the title at WrestleMania 12, I wasn't like super pumped about it. I was okay with it, but I wasn't super pumped about it. I remember but being then, pumped. But then you fast forward here and you're what, uh, 18 months later and the guy's a piece of shit. A lot could happen in 18 months, man. That's a good point. 18 months from now, if you're a piece of shit, this this shit is over. <laughs> it's possible. Better damn not be. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'd, 
I, I plan for that not to be the case, but you know, it's how life goes sometimes. Uh, 18 months. But uh, <laughs> so there's there's no nobody narrating this thing. It's just made up of a splicing of audio from the two competitors and some commentary. It's pretty well put together, in my opinion. It is pretty well put together, and I did enjoy the way that they they set it up and they did all the the splicing of the different audio clips uh it was it was very entertaining the opening package i, I love the way i love the way but you're nothing but a de- de- degenerate and you are a zero my hero and they just go back like it was, it was fun to listen to it was like and then to remember all those different spots throughout the course of the build-up to this match it was it was pretty well done i agree so we get jr and lawler by their lonesome in the announce booth for the first time and that's a good thing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. It is a good thing. So business is about to pick up here. And <laughs> Hello, all you maple leaf loving freaks. <laughs> Fucking love that. That is that is that is one of my fondest memories from this event is Road Dog coming out and just saying, Hello, all you maple leaf loving freaks. <laughs> For whatever reason, I think it's fucking beautiful. I love it. Yeah, JR mentions that if if you could win championships with your mouth, Road Dog would be one of the champions around here. <laughs> You're damn just, right he would. This is a good take. This kind of came from out of nowhere. I don't I don't recall if he had been running his mouth in the weeks prior. But this is definitely the first time on a big show that we've that they've given him the mic and let him let him do his his thing. Yeah, absolutely. And the the look of seeing the New Age Outlaws walk down to the ring with the Godwins, with the Godwins music was a very strange look like road dog road dog really helped with his voice and and being able to talk over it and really, you know, get, get after him with that. But that was a very strange look. The bangers and the blackjacks came down ahead of them and the bangers and the blackjacks coming down to the ring together was very strange as well. Cause they, the black, the fucking blackjacks walking down to the to the damn headbangers music it was just strange. I don't think they were riding again. I don't think they were ready for that ride. <laughs> I told you they'd be riding again, man. We haven't seen these guys since I think WrestleMania. <laughs> so it's been a been a long detour on the ride. <laughs> but yeah, this is a I, I mentioned this when we talked the other day that these teams give you a lot of material just based on their characters. Yeah. They do. And do you think it maybe like visually it would have been much better to have obviously the blackjacks and the Godwins versus the bangers and the outlaws? That would have made more sense, I think. Yeah. But even with the, you know, we got the Wild West happening, basically. We got the outlaws, yeah. we got the blackjacks, we got the, the, whoever else, we got the hog farmers and we got the, the headbangers. And, yeah, so something else. What's the deal with badass Billy's hat? Well, no, that's one of the blackjacks hats. Oh. Remember that this time they had this—they had this kind of a you know a thief kind of a deal where they were just stealing other tag team shit. So that's the blackjacks hat, and then they cut holes or they cut the top of them off. Oh, that's what happened. Okay, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm watching this with no context, wondering what the hell badass Billy's trying to pull. <laughs> Oh yeah, it was beautiful. He takes it off, and this it's there's a hole in it. He kind of plays it like a record in front of his face. It was pretty. It was a pretty good bit. All right, the crowd is very loud. Just right, right out of the gate, we get a ring announcer speaking French. 
Just yep. strange. Yeah, well, it's not strange, it's just different to us. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this this starts off with uh Blackjack Wyndham taking on Phineas. And <laughs> Blackjack Wyndham, really, this guy was a former NWA champion, right? Yeah. Two time yep. former WWF tag team champion. Yep. One of the four horsemen. Yep. And, and he now comes, he's a fucking blackjack. <laughs> it comes to the, I mean, do you think he's better off being the stalker or the blackjack? That's a good, that's a good point. I think he's probably better off being a blackjack if the blackjack were a formidable tag team. Or if he was just the blackjack. I don't blackjack? No, I don't think that works. I mean, these two guys should have been a, I can see why they put him together. Yep. They're two. They're two badass wrestlers, you know. Wyndham's actually one of the higher regarded guys from the, you know, 80s and early 90s. Um, but, yeah, this, it. I don't think they ever won the titles. Gimmick no. didn't do much for him. Gimmick didn't do much for, for me either. I don't think this, this gimmick did much for anybody. The only good thing that's come from the new Blackjacks is being able to make fun of them when they ride again. <laughs> like that's the only good thing that's come up. Cause I actually, I love saying that. That's just fun to say. <laughs> ride again. Like that's great. And that was at WrestleMania 13. That was in our first episode of this, 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 uh, the second series of episodes that we did. So there's not a lot that have that good that have come from the, the blackjacks and them coming back in, in this match in particular, the thing that, the thing that made me kind of, well, kind of brought me in was when Road Dog didn't tag. Billy put his boot up, Road Dog didn't tag, and then they started yelling at him, and Road Dog just, just kind of looks at him and goes, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I thought you were tagging him. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was King, King, King chimes in. He goes, Yes, he says he was sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the first notes I had with the Phineas couldn't get out of the ring. He's, he's trying to make a tag, and the outlaws are. Outlaws were not giving it to him. And then there was the so Bradshaw. I don't think that anybody will really say that he is the the like a great technical wrestler, right? He's he's a he's not a bad wrestler overall. He's a powerhouse. But, but he did a move here that made me go, wait a second, where the hell is where's the hell is this guy? When he did the abdominal stretch cradle pin. Right. Got and he, he did that. Knocked the hog farmer out. He did it to Henry. That's a big man to put in that move. And it was, he looked, it looked great. It looked smooth. And I was like, holy shit, maybe, maybe old Justin Hawk isn't, uh, isn't showing us all the goods. That was a nice move. It, it caught me off guard as well. Cause I mean, outside of that, you're getting a lot of clotheslines. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, that's how Wyndham goes. Wyndham's the next elimination. He gets fucking pinned by a clothesline. <laughs> so there's a lot of booze happening when the Mm -hmm. blackjacks are in there (laughs) yeah Um, i I just love the vibe of the crowd for this whole show really but you know especially you know when a crowd is on you you know you hear them in the first match um, yeah you know especially and then uh, kind of ebbs and flows throughout the event but that it really adds a lot to lot to this event and it makes you wonder how the hell they survived having shows without anybody in the audience the past couple of years you know that's a good yeah that's a good point too so So the 
in while watching this match, I was kind of reminded of how good Billy Gunn was. And, you know, <laughs> still they is. They don't like Billy Gunn. <laughs> no, they don't like Billy Gunn, but he is so damn good. And he is damn good in this match. Do, do you think because of coming in as a smoking gun and then transitioning to a new age outlaw and then becoming the one and then becoming Billy and Chuck, do you think that like there was not a no, there's no point for him to transition into like a world title run? Because the, the guy has got it all. He can wrestle. He can talk. He's got the body. He, you know what I mean? Like there, he is not missing one aspect to to like there's no element that he's missing. But he went from smoking gun to outlaw to the one to and you know the the one as fun as it was, we know the one wasn't going to get going to get a strap. He he is one of the most might be the most decorated tag team wrestler ever. He won titles with three different guys. And oh, as far as just in the in the federation. Yeah. 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 And he yeah. yeah, he did win the King of the Ring. You know, typically that's you know, the primer for a title push. Yep. But I didn't think he was ever that great in the ring. I mean not in the ring, on the mic. Uh great in the ring. Um, yeah, one of my all-time favorite spots is anytime you see him entering a Royal Rumble match. Fucker slides, <laughs> or, or ent- you know, enter and uh, run in or anything. When he's entering the ring, right. the, the fucker slides at least halfway across the ring. It's beautiful. Yeah, he could almost make it all the way across. I bet he could. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I I'm he certain he could. And uh, see, the reason why I uh, I started thinking about this because he he eliminates Mosh with a very simple like bulldog counter. Yeah. And and after that I was like, boy, he there's a lot of things to like about him. So I'm just wondering what what it is that he he didn't have to get into that 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 push. Was it just the tag team, you know, being in those tag teams over and over again that he never got that that shot or do you think it would work? Like do you think do you think that badass Billy Gunn could have had a title? I mean, it would have made sense just his we're in the era of just huge characters mm-hmm. and he's got a great finish he's got one of those finishes he can put on anybody oh we'll we'll get to that later okay we'll, we'll get to it later <laughs> um i don't think he was ever great on the mic he benefited from road dog who is great on the mic and these i think that's probably why these guys were such a great team they complimented each other wonderfully yeah. you know the the one yeah. is the one looks better he's better in the ring mm-hmm. in my opinion i mean it, they could have tried about with the title shot but besides your austin's rocks triple h's michael's undertakers there wasn't really much room for a, a wild card like so what you're saying is that essentially he had the the downfall to him was his timing. Well, if you want to, in, in a in another era, he could have been he could have been top of the card. Yeah, if you want, I mean, if you want to compare him to Shawn Michaels, you could that would be appropriate. But mm-hmm. he is not as good as Shawn Michaels, right? Nobody is. <laughs> I'm just talking about a guy who's not a real big guy, came from a tag team background, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, same thing with Bret Hart, I guess. Yeah. And, and yeah, I suppose if guys like The Rock and Austin were not in the way, 
Yeah. Sure, sure. Give the one a title shot. See what happens. You know. Yeah, I I think that's probably the that's probably the the thing that held him back was the rest of the roster being so damn good. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's, I think that's exactly that's what held him call. back because he's he's got everything. I mean, he's got everything he needs. Anyways, Did, back to the back back to the match. We get a what you like to call the diving junk to the face. I mean, did you know that co- that Mosh has a college degree? Yes, I knew that. All right, that was that was news to me. But I mean, talk about getting heat. But back to the match here. We get another another nice spot by Bradshaw. He hits a gut wrench power bomb. Uh, a lot of my that's that's where my note stopped. Well, that's that's seems, pretty important. Seems that's to poor like note taking. Yeah, he seems to like something. So back to the match. That's and where then, my notes stop. By the way, okay, <laughs> great. So I missed something, and then Bradshaw was eliminated. And then yeah. we, we were down to the Outlaws against Thrasher. Yes, we were, and this is where I, I took note of front row Sting. Did you see front row Sting? I did not. How could you not see front row Sting? There was a lot of signs in the way, man. There was a lot of signs. Tons of signs at this event. But that's a poor excuse because there's no signs in front of the front row. <laughs> was he hanging out the whole the whole yeah, event in the per, sting mask? The, I think he had actual paint. He actually committed to the paint. Maybe they spotted him during this match and then didn't return to him. No, no, no. <laughs> he is sitting opposite hard cam to the left side. <laughs> So you're telling me you could see him for the whole show? I For the majority of the show, yes. You could see front row sting. Maybe I watched the wrong show. <laughs> you probably did. <laughs> so so at, the, at the end of this match, they had a pump handle, right? And that <laughs> pump handle spot, I think that was a little bit botched. Not like yeah. totally and completely botched, but I, it was like they, they forgot they had to do the blind tag to Billy. Not the blind tag, but the tag. Yeah, the, the opponent. And... This is where we get a variation of Billy's great finisher. Totally misses the leg drop from the top rope. That is not a variation of his finisher. That's a variation of the famous, sir. No, no, no. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, he was he was coming in with what they what he likes to call the glancing boot. Right, he's off the top with the glancing boot. That's not he a famous, sir. He missed him by a mile, man. That's why it's called the glancing boot, right? Oh, you tell me that's how he drew it up, missing him by a mile. I don't know if he missed him by a mile. I think he 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 nicked him. But sometimes, like he, just nicking, sometimes just contact. Nick, sometimes just nicking him is 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 kind of worse. Like have you ever gotten like just a just a quick nick shot to your balls? Sometimes that hurts <laughs> than just getting kicked square in your balls. So here's my note. That's why he gets booed. <laughs> that is no that's not fair at all he cut i mean he hits it he hits he, the he boot does hits not him. hit it no the he boot, does not the, the, the they, have, hits him. they have the audacity to replay that shit i was hoping they'd, they'd have better presence of mind than that but well they probably shouldn't have replayed it but he i mean he does he just from a, if you see it from another angle you'll see he just kind of glance just kind of gets a glancing bolt blow to the back of the head which back of the head everybody knows that's that's devastating and then they flips them over, and that's a one, two, three. The the outlaws win. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I guess I'll give that to you. He did not hit him. He missed him by a mile, but you know. Yeah, I mean, he just he grazed him. Okay, it was a, a pretty devastating graze. Yeah, yeah, devastating graze. So, what do you what do you think of our opening contest? So, I like. 
the open of the opening contest. And as far as Survivor Series matches, they all end up being, once eliminations start happening, a lot of the Survivor Series matches end up being pretty similar. So this is the 11th annual. Okay. Right? And I think this is one of the last ones where they stuck so true to the, we're going to, I think we got four Survivor Series matches, which is great. Mm -hmm. They should always be like that. Absolutely. You know, the following year we get, I mean, every year they have, they have like one these days, but following yeah. year we get the title tournament tournament. Yep. And then after that, it's not as, you know, it's not the main event of the show. Like it was originally where that's all right. it was, but it, it is cool right. to no matter the low quality of these matches, it is cool to see them. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So next up, we got the truth commission and DOA. Wait, did you set that up talking about low quality? <laughs> <laughs> did sure you did. set up the truth commission with the low quality yes all right it's a I'll low it's a low quality match here i disagree okay you'll, you'll have uh you'll have your day in court here what do you where, <laughs> <All right. laughs> so we got truth commission they're coming out to a goldberg type of theme uh just thuds though just yeah it's kind of just the thuds yeah. yeah it's supposed to be like boot stomping right? stomping right right yeah yeah yep. so this is a pay-per-view debut for for these guys we got sniper recon the jackal and the interrogator yep the big so guy. the other guy that the other guy that was supposed to be the manager of the truth commission is long gone uh, right, the original guy right rightfully so you know every truth yep. commission needs a cult like leader so and then they bring in the jackal to be the, the the manager of the truth commission now do you know how jackal became the manager of the truth commission how this this whole thing shook out i do not so this is actually pretty interesting uh jackal and rick martell were supposed to be brought in together okay and they were going to be a tag team of like models right they're going to be like the models tag team I don't know if that's the actual name, but for now, we're just going to call them. They're going to be the models, right? Okay. Rick Martell does not come in. Jackal had already signed to come in. So then they had to find something to do with the Jackal. <laughs> okay. So, uh, boom, he's uh, he's the Truth Commission guy then. Get rid of the other guy. Here you go. Yeah, they, that's that's interesting. Another thing about this match, uh, you said over 16 clotheslines. I have the actual tally. Did you tally it? I started, and I realized we weren't going to come anywhere close to 16. Okay. So, so I have uh, or did five. We? No, five, five. Okay. Five connects, three attempts without connecting. So a total of eight. Right, right. That first match had many more clotheslines than this one. You're right. You're right. Th- this one does perhaps have the most side suplex finishes. Side, side, of all side, time. Sidewalk slams. Sidewalk slams. Is that a sidewalk slam or is that a side suplex? I swear, when Dino Bravo, the the you know the hometown hero who's probably dead at this point, did it. It was a side suplex. Not sidewalk slam. All right. Well, first uh, first sidewalk suplex. I believe it's dished, <laughs> dished out by connected them and making up sidewalk suplexes. It's... All right, <laughs> so do your own thing, brother. Cut it there, loose. There's there's a lot of lot of blows here. 
Um, oh, before I get into the match, a couple of things. So we yeah. get we get a David Koresh name drop. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the Messiah-like figure that uh, they're likening the Jackal to. I don't know. So if what did he do? Uh, he was the the Waco, Texas guy. He had himself a nice. Oh, little, Koresh was the the Waco guy. Yeah, nice little community of followers and friends. Well, then what was uh what was uh the old uh, J- who was it Jim Jones? Yeah, that was another guy. Okay, that was Mister Kool Aid. Okay, Koresh Boy, is uh so. They're putting him in some pretty rough company. And he he didn't much care for that. He's just here to spread the truth. The truth is going to set yeah, us free. It's a simple message. I, I could have gotten behind this group. I wish they would have stuck around longer. Yeah. Better so, names probably helped, too. Right. So, oh, also, so they're supposed to be a South African white separatist group is what I'm, he, what I'm yeah. finding out. Yeah. I don't know much. I'm a history guy. I don't know much about that deal. Okay. Perhaps them versus the nation of domination would have been a better, you know, race war. Stepped it up a notch. Yeah, but you don't want to step into that kind of stuff. They are getting pretty edgy around this time, but. Yeah. Yeah, but Yankee kind of got us. I don't know. That's. I think you stay away from that type of stuff. They've been towing the line. I mean, they. Shit, Farouk got hung by the LOD at WrestleMania 13. That was a. Uh... I I see, and I thought LOD was hanging, or maybe it was. Well, uh, yeah, they had the they had the the noose around. Uh, I think it was Hawk's neck. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. So I guess if, okay. If it's that way, it's all right. Boy, that's whew, <laughs> that's all bad. That's that's uncomfortable. Back to sidewalk slams, man. Uh, so, oh, so my other point here is uh, they drive the bikes down and then they drive them back and park them. Yeah. What, what, do, you, so, what do you think so, of that? I'm so sick of the damn bikes. I don't stop it. Just get rid of them. Come down to the ring like everybody else. It wastes. It's a time waster. It's not entertaining. Like, I don't, I'm not entertained by guys riding a motorcycle down. Does that appeal to you? It doesn't appeal to me. It's gotten up some cheap pop. Yeah. I mean, like a Shasta. Like a Shasta. All right. Well, Shasta sucks, and so does the DOA and their bikes. So they they go and park the damn things. What? So we know that they have bikes. So that's what that accomplished. Yeah. So right. it was around this time that that Lawler explained that whole debacle away by saying you know you can't trust canadians they were afraid of their bikes being vandalized that was that was the so i even bring them in the arena there's there's some holes here in this story there's a yeah there's a lot of holes so the match itself right starts off with a melee right right I, yeah. I was I was thinking during this melee I might be able to count up seven eight clotheslines, but no, it was just a bunch of bunch of fisticuffs. No, no dice. But did you get into it, man? Did you did you did you start feeling the the match at all? I got into it a little bit. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, man. So first spot chains going up for the ten count on Kurgan. Yeah. 
you know, he gets up to about five. The crowd's getting into it a little bit. And then mm-hmm. Kurgan knocks him off. Then he gets him, gets him again, and the crowd gets into it a little bit more. Right. I think he only made it till about four at that point. But um, Yeah. So Kurgan goes for a flying in the corner and misses badly, which was hilarious. Um, <laughs> Why is it that funny? <laughs> just the, the look on his face because he's, as he, like, you know, slowly flies into that top turnbuckle. A yep. man, a man of his size, because he's he's basically painted as this giant, you know, big dumb, jolly, not so jolly giant, right? Uh, green giant, um, and I don't know. I thought I thought it was a funny spot. Uh, we get a <laughs> we get a, a sidewalk slam number one to chains, and that makes that makes him eliminated. Yep, and I like that. So think about this, man. You have a guy like the interrogator, right? Big, big guy. Right. Kurgan. Kurgan, the interrogator. Very large man. And he's using a sidewalk slam as his finish, right? Not a very good finish. But if nobody else is using it, like if everybody else stops using the sidewalk slam and just he is using the sidewalk slam as big and powerful as he is, that can become a devastating hold, devastating maneuver, devastating slam. Right, right, if it's unique to him. Right, but everybody uses a sidewalk slam. So it's it's like a bad bad finish for him. I wish they would have had something else. You got any other suggestions i mean choke slam is that's what you give to a big guy by default i think yeah that's pretty that's pretty much a go-to for for big guys like him you know now it sounds kind of crazy trust me i know but you think we could get him on the second rope all right where are you going with this i want him to do a power slam off the second rope I don't need him off the top rope, right? Let's not put anybody in danger. But let's put him on the second rope. Let's get that big son of a bitch on the second rope setting up a power slam. Giant, right? That's a giant power slam. I don't like the logistics of that, man. It's going to be tough to set up. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Okay, so here's my other thought. Submission maneuver. All right. And you might not like this one, but hear me out. It's going to sound a little basic, but trust me, it's far from headlock. <laughs> no, I know you're going to laugh. I knew you're going to laugh, but, but, but listen to me, listen to me here. I think that was outlawed as a finishing maneuver, man. No, just stay with me. Okay. What do you got? It's, it's Kurgan's headlock. And when he locks people in the headlock, right? They go to sleep. Right. And they, 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 I mean, they're done. They're, and he keeps it on. Like he gets disqualified holding the headlock in. And you see people, like you see people, like he, when he releases them, they're foaming at the mouth. People are damn near dying from his headlock. Right. It's the, it's the scariest motherfucking headlock you've <laughs> ever seen in your life. Right. By a giant, a giant is putting you in this headlock. He could squeeze your could squeeze your head off your body in his headlock. You're selling this much better than you did that second rope, rope power slam. 
Right. Yeah. So you give them this, this, this nasty ass headlock. Right. And I'm talking about a forward headlock. Right. I'm talking about the side headlock. And he just. <laughs> well, you think the side headlock's not as devastating? You're going to finish a guy with the side headlock. Yeah. Side headlock. But like when you, when he put, when he, when he grips that head in, right. The, the opponent's got to sell it, sell it like a son of a gun, right. He's flailing everywhere. And maybe even Kurgan swings him around a little bit in the side headlock. So you got this monster man, right. Giant in the locks his opponent, in the side, headlock. maybe he takes a couple swings and his, his opponent lifeless kind of flails in the air while he's swinging him in this giant headlock. That sounds pretty good, right? That sounds that sounds all right. I'm sold. Is that better than a s- sidewalk slam? They should have given him a side headlock. <laughs> if he if he eliminated everybody from the DOA using a devastating side headlock, I I think you get some mileage out of Kurgan and the and the side headlock as a as a finish. What if you do like a where he does a quick, you know, quick sort of jerk type thing? Like and act gri- like you're snapping like, his neck. Yeah, what do you think of that? Is that no, too much? No, that's 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 a move. I'm talking a submission. Okay, I mean, you know, after they, after they submit. Like, oh, after they submit, like before he drops him, just jerk like he's snapping his neck. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's very good. See, we should be on some type of move set committee together because I think we combined to just make the side headlock one hell of a hold. All right. All yeah, right. So, so that's good. That's so, good. Sight headlock. So uh, I appreciate that JR admits to not knowing who Skuller Eight Ball is. Mm-hmm. Honesty. Um, so one of those guys dishes out side walk suplex slam number two. Yeah, Jackal's gone. Max uh, Jack. Oh, Jackal hit a move though. That was all right. He had a flying man. Yeah. Yeah. Jackal's not bad. I mean, he is a re- or he was a wrestler. Got him some love. Uh, he got on the. He joined the announce team, which was which which was brilliant. Why not? Yeah, he wasn't bad on the uh, the announce team either. Not at all. Not at all. He was he was defending his agenda of the truth, which they say that the truth is the ultimate defense. Aphrodisiac. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> one of the one of the same, you know. Yeah, they're probably the same thing. So not a bad idea for the stable. Uh, you know, their fatigues aren't the most appealing, but like I said, I wish we'd have gotten a little more mileage out of, out of the stable. Yeah. And then recon gets limited by a clothesline. So that doesn't help either. Right. Right. They, they, not nearly as many clotheslines, about half as many attempts as I predicted, but it really made it count. So, and then was it, I think one of the, one of the not Kurgan, and recon or sniper hits a bulldog and sends one of the other uh, DOA guys out. But then they go to tag Crush, and I know we've been we've been extremely critical uh, of Crush in our series. But Crush is like fixing his hair <laughs> when his his DOA brethren go to make the tag, and he's fixed in his hair. You're in a you're in a fight, and you're a you're a tough son of a bitch, right? You're a tough biker. And you're fixing your hair and pay attention to what's going on, Crush. Pay attention, buddy boy. You think this confirms the suspicion that Crush has been a fraud all along? I think, yeah, it's suspicious. 
I mean, I'm not going to talk shit about about the Harris brothers. Those guys are those guys appear to be legit. Yeah, no, they'll kill you. <laughs> but Crush, I mean, this guy, he doesn't know who he is. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> I mean, I mean like, first he thinks he's a member of Demolition, then he moves to gets his hair. Shaka bra. Shaka bra. Um, cranium crush. Now he's biker crush with the face tattoo. This guy's got some issues. But. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah. I mean, nevertheless, I think I think we could probably give worst wrestler of the year to somebody else this year. I think we'll, we'll, I think we'll be able to. Um, I don't think Crush will well, be defending that title, though. He'll be he'll be in the talks for it. I'm sure. We'll see. So before we before we move on here, I just so sidewalk slam chains is gone. Sidewalk slam jacket is gone. <laughs> yeah. Sidewalk slam skull is gone. Regular slam recon is gone. Sidewalk slam crush is gone. <laughs> so do you think that whoever was uh, was put this match together really wanted like, you know what move doesn't get enough love? Sidewalk slams. Let's do it. <laughs> like every because that that was the I think I would be willing to bet that no other Survivor Series match in the history of the Survivor Series has that amount of sidewalk slam finishes. The only way it would be possible is if the participants in the match were fans like us. Yeah. And and they, and they wanted to outdo it just as an inside thing that only guys like us would catch, but you're, I, I, you're absolutely correct. There was what five, the five eliminations with sidewalk slams, chains, jackal, skull, and crush. So four. Recon was gone with a slam, but it wasn't a sidewalk slam. A bulldog to skull eliminated him, and then Recon got eliminated by a clothesline. So, all in all, pretty bad match, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, same here. Do you? So, the Truth Commission got the nod. Mm-hmm. Obviously, ahead of your guys. Uh, how does that make you feel? What do you mean ahead of my guys? Uh, Barique or my guys? Bar- Barique was or not on the card? Well, they're probably busy. You think so? Maybe they couldn't yeah. get into Canada. Maybe that's it. Oh, they go wherever they want. They're Barrique's, but I'm pretty sure they're probably just they probably had some stuff going on. Okay. Well, sometimes you get busy, man. So uh, Kurgan gets the victory. He he could have been a contender. Um, he was, he suffered from, I'm a big guy. I don't really got too many moves syndrome though. I think it's hilarious that you're saying Kurgan could have been a contender, but old badass Billy Gunn, you were, you were saying no way, Jose. Kurgan's got that size, man. All right. You want to talk size? Let's talk about the unibrows in the next segment. All right. Next segment. We got, (laughs) (laughs) we got the, the fans telling us who's going to win this main event tonight between Hitman and. Uh, Sean Michaels, we got, we got a mixed bag of, you know, favorites and mixed bag of languages happening here and unibrows. Sure. You got any, you got yeah. any big takeaways from this? Yeah, I don't, I think I wrote a great note, but I can't read it. So I guess we'll have to kind of move on there. The fans pick, and then I put fans lever. There, there. I think I wrote lever. All right, lever. I don't know. Lover or lever? There. Lever or lever? 
yeah, lever and lever their their brows. But they were pretty like they were. And I, what was it? Ninety seven. I mean, it wasn't really like you know, take care of your eyebrows, uh, kind of an era yet in hair care. So they were really letting them rock and roll. They were, they were right across. Some people had giant caterpillars crawling across their fucking eyebrows. It was pretty gnarly. Despite being the foreigner and despite being just a piece of shit these days, Shawn Michaels still getting the love. He's still getting some. Yeah. He's still getting some. And then we go to the AOL room. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We get Kevin Kelly and, Still call Steve Austin plugging the internet <laughs> in yeah. the AOL room. Times have changed. Yeah. I, Austin should have kicked Kevin Kelly's ass. I was hoping for that. Didn't happen. You were hoping that he was going to kick Kevin Kelly's ass in the AOL room? Yeah. Did you notice that they had like some other just random guy typing for Steve Austin? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did notice that. So that was pretty, I mean, that was pretty entertaining. Uh, they, they go to the, like, go to uh, AOL.com slash WWF underscore survivors dot series and then type in sports and then look for the room and then you'll see the AOL chat room where you can chat with any one of the WWF superstars today. I was like, holy shit. That is, that is, if you still had to do that shit today, I don't think the internet gets over. I don't think people are into it. <laughs> okay. So it's 97. You're still in cold Steve Austin, right? You've been, you've been dedicating the past decade of your life to just kick an ass. Yeah. You suppose he's not familiar with the internet. Is that why he has a guy? <sighs> Might be. It's a, All it's right. a, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a pretty decent assessment. Yeah. But then we go to the goddamn karate fighters. They do a lot of this shit in this event. A lot of filler in between matches. They go to the karate fighters party. I don't want to go to the karate fighters party. That's just because you didn't have karate fighters and you're bitter. Oh, listen to you, Mr. One Man Karate Fighter. All of a sudden, you're world champion going to the fucking parties. Man, did you go to the karate fighters tournament the other day? It was awesome. Spice Girls showed up and blew everybody. You're a dick. Oh, you're learning this is a record-setting crowd for any Survivor Series. The 20,000, something like that? Yeah, 20,595 or something. I'm pretty sure JR quoted us three or four different figures throughout okay. the night. But next up, we got we got the international affair here between Team Canada and Team USA. It's, yeah, this one was kind of doomed from the get-go, wasn't it? Yeah, we got... Well, Team Canada is represented by Jim the Anvil from... Las Vegas, the USA, British Bulldog from England, Doug Furness from Oklahoma, yeah, Oklahoma, and Phil Lafon, yeah, from Canada, yeah, I like Phil Lafon. So they're taking on Team USA, who I have been led to believe was supposed to be captained by the Patriot, which would have made a little more sense. Would have been, yeah, probably would have made a little bit more sense. They interview Team USA. Oh, both of these interviews, they could have left on the cutting on the floor. Oh no, man, I think Furnace did a good job. I think Furnace did a good job in his portion when they when they interviewed Team Canada. I mean, I was happy to hear from both these guys. So I'll take that back. They shouldn't have left it out, but uh, pretty They're, pretty pretty funny stuff. When they when they yeah when they interviewed uh, Team USA and was it Michael Cole was like good. Uh, this you know unique uh, 
collaboration of individuals uh, about, you know, this team. And then Vader goes, this team that Vader has assembled. Well, let me tell you about this team. (laughs) (laughs) We don't got much in common. (laughs) Right. It just kind of goes around and it wasn't, yeah, that wasn't very, that wasn't very good. But uh, I kind of like everybody in the match. Well, we got Team USA, which is uh, captained by Vader. It should have been it should have been captained by Cold Dust Crank. Did you see that son of a bitch walk into the ring? Put a cup on, brother. It is. It's out there. It's up. He's got a prominent. <laughs> he has a prominent uh, showing. Bulge, <laughs> right? Prominent bulge. Yeah. And we got Steve Blackman, who just debuted as a fan, who yeah. came to came to save the day when Vader was getting killed on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, Blackman's pretty much a badass. He was taken to jail, and Vader bailed him out and said, this is the guy. This is the guy I want on my team. He ain't lying. I imagine that Patriot was probably injured. Yeah, Patriot, Patriot was injured. I mean, he was kind of in rough shape when he came in. I think he had, he had some shoulder problems and like maybe an elbow or a knee, something like that. So All right, hear, hear me out here. Yeah. Listen should, to you. They should have given Hacksaw Doug in the call. Boy. It would have been the right thing to do. I mean, what's he doing? So if they give, if they give Doug in the call, whew, that is interesting. So they give Doug in the call. Yep. Do they leave Gold Dust out and still have Steve Blackman? Because this is Steve Blackman's debut, and I think they did a pretty like this. This way of debuting a wrestler is pretty like it's pretty decent. It, it's good. Yeah, it's yeah. good. So do you do you send Gold Dust packing? You say you take you and your prominent bulge out of here. We're gonna bring in a real two by four, <laughs> and hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> <laughs> So, so you bring in Hacksaw. So then you got Hacksaw yep. Jim Duggan. That's actually a pretty, that's actually not a bad, I think Hacksaw Jim Duggan currently at this time isn't contracted by WCW. So you probably can't give him a call, but could I bet that he gets a shitload of heat walking into the Molson center with his two by four. Two and his by four. Yeah, man, that's, that's pretty good. Unfortunately. Yeah. He's, he's under contract with WCW. So I don't think you just call him up and be like, Hey, hack, come on over. We want to, we want to give you a one shot. I think I'd, I think I'd leave Goldie and his prominent bulge there, and and not do Blackman. I don't know what you think about this, but Johnny B. Bad Star has fallen so far at this point. I say we put in Hack and we throw out, or we throw out Marvelous Mark. How about go fuck yourself? That's what I think of that idea. Did I did I hit a hit a you don't ever... there? Why do you think I didn't even give that as an option? That wasn't an option. It was Goldust or Blackman. Yeah. Brilliant. Why don't you just bench Michael Jordan? Huh? <laughs> why don't you put why don't you put Wayne why don't you put Wayne yeah. Gretzky on the bench during the game seven of the this, fucking Stanley Mar- Cup? Marvelous Mark almost killed your boy Doug Furness. Why don't, you, why don't you? Why don't you? Why don't you? You're just gonna leave that out that he he did a, did a fucking moonsault and almost took his head off. Yeah. Why don't you just cut Tom Brady? Not a safe worker. Yeah. 
Sure. Um, Why don't right. you sit Roger Clemens? Huh? So you, you think that you put a pinch hitter in for Babe Ruth. So you, you still believe in marvelous Mark? Yeah, I believe. Yes, absolutely. That's what I've been saying this entire time. All those analogies are, are ways that I can convey that marvelous Mark Merrill is fantastic. I mean, aside of Vader, aside from Vader, he obviously gets the most work in this match. Goldust does not look interested in being there. Well, he's injured. And he will not take the tag. And what does he do? He think he gets well, himself counted out. Yeah. Well, he ends up getting, you jumped through all the eliminations to the end of the match. Okay. There's, there's, there's just a couple things I want to point out in this match. Just a couple things. Okay. So uh, let's, let's have it. Miro, right? Has his USA bandana throws that bulldog. Bulldog wipes his ass with the bandana. Keep that, keep it, keep that in mind for later on. Yep. Wipes his ass with it and then throws it. And he actually he can't catch the bandana, right? When Mero throws it at him. But after he wipes his ass with it, he delivers a perfect pass to Sable. <laughs> like it goes direct, hits her right in the bosom. So that was that was mm. perfect. Steve Blackman. So I thought about this on my way to work this morning. Right on my way to the office. <laughs> thinking about Steve Blackman. I was thinking about Steve Blackman on my way to work. Uh, so I was heading into the office, and I knew that we'd be discussing Survivor Series tonight. And I was thinking about Steve Blackman and how he debuted, and how to build around Steve Blackman, right? Because they put him in this this like what a weird group to make your make your debut in. Do you think that like a stable around Steve Blackman with other <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing already. Would you let me finish here? Right. So do you, do you like you say we build a stable around Steve Blackman with various disciplines of fighting, right? So like you have Steve Blackman and he's like your 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 karate action guy, right? He's your karate fighter, if you will. You know all about those. And then you take uh, Ken Shamrock, right? Because he's like your pit fighter discipline, right? He's got your pit fighting guy. And then you get uh, Mark Marrow in, right? Because he's got your your golden gloves. He's your boxing fighting guy. He uses like put together this stable of kick ass fighting guys. What do you get that idea? That's not that bad. I didn't think it was that bad. I was thinking of different ways I could have debuted him if he wasn't debuting at the Survivor Series. And I thought, you, you know, why don't you why don't you bring him up and throw him with the, these other fighting sons of bitches? You got to believe him. you got to believe that this was an idea that somebody ignored around this time. Because we got Ken Shamrock, we got Dan Severn, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They didn't. Uh, I don't think they ever made a stable with these guys. What about Doctor Death? Throw Doctor Death in that bitch. What's he gonna I do? Well, well he's he was He's the wrestler, I suppose. He's the wrestler, right? right? Now think about that, man. You got Shamrock, Blackman, Marrow, and Doctor Death. That's a good. That's a good oh, team. No, they, right. could be, they could beat you any number of ways. Exactly. You need somebody that can talk because none of them can. So they got to get they got to get uh, some type of a manager. Maybe get Don King. There you go. Yeah. So that's that's all I want to talk about as far as that goes. As far as the man, I mean, Steve Blackman gets counted out. So and it, it, you can tell that he's pretty green at the, at the when he gets counted out because he's still he's not like taking any hits, but he's still delivering like sidekicks and shit. So it's it's all right. Vader elbows Anvil, one of the best elbows I've ever seen in my life. Right. This is a, a, a usual placement of an elbow. 
It's he go he hits him in between his legs. Yeah, his like, genitals. Right, 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 yeah. right in that uh, breadbasket uh, lower abdominal junk area. Right. Yeah. So that was that was great, and he jumped right in. It was great. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, Vader splashes Lafon. Lafon's out. Uh, Furnace. Furnace eliminates my main man, Mark Merrill. Right. And at this point, I realize Furnace is pretty damn good. They're a good team. We haven't seen them in a while. Yeah. And that's that's the, now we're up to speed to where you uh, you jumped ahead. Vader slaps Goldust in the face. They call that a legal tag. He throws Goldust into the ring, and then Goldust walks away. And Vader's by his lonesome. Do you blame him for walking away? I mean, okay, he's there to do a job. And he's, he's injured. He's refusing to do his job. Yep. I don't know if I can support that. All right, and that's fine. Uh, and that brings me back to when you wanted to leave Gold Dust and replace Mark Merrow. Well, Mark Merrow was doing work in this match, and you wanted to replace him. You replace the prominent bulge. Him and his package gets to walking. Right? Okay. Uh, you're right. You're right. I yeah. I overlooked how great Sable's bosom looks. On the outside, that's that's no. an added feature with marvelous Mark. You get it. No, this time. this this is going to be probably a, an unpopular take. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was always always more of a sunny guy than I was a sable guy, <laughs> right? Right. But doesn't she look old? I'm not trying to be like one of those ageist bastards, right? <laughs> I'm not saying like she's unattractive or anything like that, but for me, right through my eyes, she kind of looks old. She kind of looks like an like just take her from head up, right? I'm just talking head up. It, she and she's wearing those big dark glasses, and she's got that like kind of old lady poof in her hair. She, she's kind of looking aged. She did seem to her, yeah. She seemed to get a little younger, I guess, in her appearance um later on later on yes so I'll, right I'll, I'll give you that i'll yeah. give that to you so vader is the last guy left for team usa and there's a few few pretty good spots here the bulldog hits a pretty impressive suplex mm-hmm. displaying his power gets uh gets vader up there uh vader lands a vader bomb to furnace to furnace and then yeah. And we get a. Uh, <laughs> you want to you want to wrap it up here? Yeah, Bulldog. It, it's kind of a sweet little situation because Vader hits the Vader bomb to Furnace, and then Bulldog, kind of a little sneaky Bulldog that he is, takes the belt and cracks uh, cracks Vader over the back of the head. Nobody sees it, and he gets the pin. One, two, three, and it's over. I'm I'm pretty okay. Like that match was was decent. I didn't mind the match. A little intro to Steve Blackman. Steve Blackman looked he looked damn good. He damn green, but damn good. Furnace and Lafon, pretty damn good, right? Furnace, I was surprised that Furnace was the guy that went the distance with Davey, but I was okay with it because Furnace looked looked look great. They also was, gave they also gave Furnace the stick at the beginning of the match for the interview. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. 
Well, what would you say this was better than the first Survivor Series match? Yeah, yeah, it was. Would you say it was better than the second Survivor Series match? Yeah, but I think that's only because Kurgan wasn't using the side headlock for a finish. Mm. Yeah, no, it was a good, it was a good Survivor that. Series match. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I'll, I'll give it to you. Um, next up, we have our first singles match of the night. We got, oh, wait, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna skip over dinner for Mrs. Cook and Steve Austin. I was about to. Oh man, yeah. They they remember how they're doing the Survivor Series. They did the no. Oh yeah, yeah. I, Summer, I, SummerSlam. They're doing the million dollar giveaway. This one they call up Miss Cook. Miss Cook gets to pick a superstar of her choosing to have dinner with, and she picks Stone Cold Steve Austin. During this time, who would you pick as your superstar to have dinner with? Because I think there's a lot of great picks that you could throw a curveball on. But who would you pick? I mean, Foley would be a fun pick. Yep. Mm. Owen Hart would probably be fun. Owen Hart wouldn't be bad, yeah. Mm. That's all you got? Uh, Sonny or Sable. Yeah, I, mean, I suppose. I okay. Mean, that's kind of kind of high hopes there for that. But uh, it's right. just, it's, it's just, it, as far as wrestlers go, um, yeah. I'd probably say Foley or Owen Hart. You go Foley or Owen. That's interesting. Who you got? I mean, Steve I, Austin would Kane. be fun. I'm going to take Kane because I want to see how the fuck he eats. Because there's no, like, you can't get any food through that little slit in the mask, right? And it's a Good superstar point. of your choosing. So if you can, if you could choose, I probably would have thrown a curveball and just went out, Kane. Realistically, I mean, Bret Hart, of course, is the right answer. But wouldn't it be something if you went out to dinner with Kane and he doesn't talk and he eats his meal through a straw? Or maybe they give him that voice translator. It was like, Good evening, I'm going to be here again. <laughs> That's a respectable pick. I like my steak medium rare. <laughs> let me ask you this. Okay. Yeah. Do you get Paul Bear as well? No. Do you, do no, you think, do you you think they? No? No. Okay. I think if you get Paul Bear, well, it's, it's an easy Maybe you have to because what if Kane decides to kill you? You think Paul Bear is going to help out that case? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If Kane decides to kill you, I mean, I would hope that he would get in the way. It probably wouldn't, though, right? Kind of nope. eggs him on. It's his baby boy. Yep. Anyways, I, I thought that was interesting. So I think this is, yeah, so Gal gets uh, gets a call. She gets to have dinner with Steve Austin, right? Yep. That's the bit. That's the bit. Anything else, or we got Kane of Mankind now? No, we can go to Kane of Mankind. I just thought it'd be kind of interesting. I want to know who you'd go to dinner with. So... Kane's been, he, he made his debut last month and what might have been the best debut of all. And mm-hmm. since then, he has been just kind of showing up. I remember when this was going on when I was a kid, it was wrestling really started getting to get to be exciting around this time. And yeah, he would just show up. It was kind of a reverse Undertaker type thing, right? Because, you know, Undertaker shows up, lights go out, and then he turns them on. He, Kane comes out, lights go down, and he's got just red it's like you're you're he 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 brings hell with him kind of is what he's doing 
I hate the lighting. You hate it. I hate it. You, you, even though it was just unique to this one guy. Yeah, and you could tell in the match too. It kind of they kind of brought the lights up a little bit from where it started because it started. They kind of just had that red light, like his intro yeah, lighting. Right. But as the match went on, it kind of got a little bit lighter. I think I think they also got sick of it too. I don't think it was a good look because I don't I don't remember many more of his matches being taking place with this lighting i think it's small doses it's good but i didn't i did notice that that the lighting was turned up a little bit for if you're just showing up and just kicking somebody's ass and that's it i think it works good sure yeah absolutely so this is i think this might be kane's first match it is i think prior to this he was just showing up he took out flash funk and ahmed johnson and everybody the rest of the gang um so he's at a uh, just a hell of a feud brewing here with, with Mick, who has transformed back into mankind from his dude love character. Sad to see Which the dude go. Yeah, it's kind of a shame. It's kind of a shame. I know you had mentioned earlier with Undertaker, uh, kind of the, boy, would you call it dichotomy of the two, Kane and the Undertaker? Yeah. But the i suppose it'd be important to acknowledge the the unbelievable similarities in early taker and early kane go on the way that they don't sell i think is very very intriguing uh the way that i mean i think kane kane got uh kane got lifted and put onto the the steps and just got right up. And I think if you remember when Undertaker showed up, I mean, people would people would really kind of get after him, but he would just kind of keep on moving forward. Now, this this type of thing, this type of no sell, I guess I would I would say, is is very interesting when you put it opposite of early Taker, where he just kind of kept on coming forward. When he did get knocked down, he would sit up and keep on moving forward. The only problem is, is that when he does get knocked down at times, Kane just stays down. Hmm. So like on the outside, he got hit with a, he got hit with a smooth kick to the dick. Mm -hmm. Awesome spot. And then he got hit with the DDT and then he just kind of stayed down. He just laid there. And then uh, mankind was able to hit that, you know, cactus Jack uh, elbow drop from the, from the apron onto the floor. He just kind of took it. Uh, so there's different things, I guess. I think that they could have done better continuing on with that kind of early stages of the Undertaker's way of selling when the Undertaker first appeared. But then you look at the problem is that now Taker is getting into matches where he is selling quite a bit. He's selling legs to Bret Hart. He's, you know what I mean? So it is kind of tough to bring in Kane and have Kane be like the most dominant guy of all time where when undertaker was brought in years ago he was that most dominant you know impervious to pain keeps moving forward guy so i just thought it was interesting when you're comparing the two of their their move sets and debuts and how how they operated they were pretty similar for sure yeah um both debuted as sort of like real stiff undead type of characters you know which worked worked for both of them So this will be a category in the year year of Duke and Rogue, end of the year of 
97-98 um, show. But best dick kick. I, I'm thinking Foley's an early contender. He he, yeah, nails, yeah. he nails one at every show. Yeah, he and it was it was a pretty smooth pretty smooth dick kick. Mm-hmm. So was there? I know this match was very much meant to be like a kind of like a car crash in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Just I mean a lot of kind of organized. Well, car crashes aren't organized, but uh, just chaos, right? Mick just keeps on essentially running into the wall. But was there any part in this match that made you laugh outside of the dick kick? Was there anything that maybe triggered your funny bone a little bit? Mm. Let's see. Are you thinking about something in particular? I am thinking about something very particular. I don't got really anything anything funny written down. Okay. Mick gets tossed and he gets... Uh, he gets the mandible claw onto yeah, how is it? Onto Paul yeah. on the outside, right? Onto Paul, and this is after he's I think he gave Taker a pile or not Taker Kane a pile driver, and Kane's down again. Kane's just laying there. This is what I was talking about before about like sometimes he just lays there that kind of decides when he's going to keep moving forward when he doesn't. So Kane's taking a nap after a pile driver, and then Paul he goes over and gives Paul Bear the mandible claw. And then Kane ends up throwing mankind through the table. And now this is going to make me sound like a real jerk, and I apologize in advance. But they say Tito Ortiz, not Tito Ortiz, that'd be fucking hilarious. Tito Santana is really hurt out here. <laughs> and for some reason, that made me chuckle. This poor son of a bitch just gets tossed right through a table. And King goes, Tito's really hurt out here. And then you hear as they're pulling him away, pulling mankind away from the, the, the little uh, Spanish and unstable area. You hear him say, don't move your leg. Don't move your leg. So I'm guessing that Tito right, is gone. Tito's got a broken, busted leg. I don't know. But that's that, that part made me laugh. Hmm. I mean, that spot where Mick is thrown from the top rope to the outside that's ugly i i cracked up a little bit at that part because like, what, 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 what are you doing here mick you know it was one of those planned uh bumps you know man that guy's got internal bleeding and you're laughing at him you got to work on that man well jr tells us that he's in kamikaze mode and he sure was yeah well that was his last bump before the tombstone Hell of a cane tombstone. No 360 yeah. this time. No, he just fucking didn't face the hard cam. <laughs> it's getting better every time, man. That cane tombstone. It's not the last yeah. thing I see. Yeah, right, man. You're way too horny for that. That's my pick for movie of the year, man. I got to stick with it. So oh, yeah, stick. Ne- next up, I got a, I got a question here. So we get something on the screen that says send your cable bill to survivor series you know in rockefeller center or whatever it is (laughs) rockefeller center yeah sure yeah um do you know what this is about yeah they say right on you send your cable bill to uh you know wherever you have to send it to and they send you special edition survivor series 1997 dog tags oh okay get some dog tags 
Yeah. Uh, what I'm guessing is, is it's probably, they used to do this type of shit to get people on mailing lists. So way back when, when earthquake uh, uh, injured Hulkster, you could send your get well cards to a Hulkster and you send them in a, a, a self-addressed envelope and all that kind of stuff. And you send it to, and then what ends up happening is that then they put you on a mailing order so you get the WWF catalog and stuff like that. So you say, get Will Hulkster. They send you back something. And then they said, you know, try and sell you some mail and stuff and all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm guessing that's probably what this was. That makes sense. Yeah. And we get Michael Cole in the back with Vince McMahon and Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah. Interesting little bit here. Um, first show that we've covered where McMahon isn't in the booth. He's developing into a bit of a character. Yeah, he's looking stressed, too. Right? I was kind of surprised Cole straight up asked him who's going to win. Well, I don't think it's that surprising. Like any other sports analyst, who who do you think is going to win? I think he just asked him who's going to win. Well, yeah, who's going to win? He's asking that to the guy who controls who's going to (laughs) win. I don't think this – I'd never – this is probably the first time anything like that had been – you know, in hindsight, of course, been right. Like, yeah. Uh, whatever. Whatever. It's a pretty important show here in the grand scheme of things. We're getting, I, I'm not sure how big of a character kind of, if he was the boss type presence much around this time on TV or, or what. Yeah. But. Yeah. He uh, kind of, I mean, he wasn't full on, you know, Mr. McMahon. I don't, not to the magnitude that he ends up being. But he's definitely uh, embraced kind of the, the the boss type of a role. Hmm. So he tells us he doesn't know who's going to win. Fucking liar. <laughs> <laughs> and next up, we get our last of our Survivor Series matchups. We got Ken Shamrock, Legion of Doom. Tag Team Champion, Legion of Doom. And Ahmed Johnson facing the Nation of Domination, which is Farouk Dilo Brown, Kama Mustafa, and The Rock. Yeah. So, what about this one, man? Dilo Brown, probably. I bet Dilo's in there somewhere. Well, he is, and I know that he is because. The very thing, first thing I write down is D'Lo is great. And D'Lo is great. D'Lo is wonderful. And I think that they, they, they definitely had a lot more mileage they could have got with D'Lo. D'Lo stuck around for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. But he, I mean, intercontinental, you know, I mean, European, he's held that European belt for a long time. It might have been the greatest European champion there was. Yeah, that's fair. I think he probably was. Probably nailed it. So Hawk nails a rude awakening which was kind of one of his go-to, one of his five holds. Yeah. And then the rock hits the rock bottom, which still is not the rock bottom. Not yet. I'm I'm very anticipatious to see when they finally call it the rock bottom. I mean, it's just right there. I can't believe it took him this long. Yeah. And the, <laughs> so after that, after the elimination of Hawk and the rock bottom, mm. I, I, I took the time to notice that Ahmed Johnson is getting bigger. And not not in a not in a hulking up kind of way. He's getting bigger in a Yoko kind of a way. Did you notice this? Yes, yes. Yeah, that's and, a shame. And he's not any better of a wrestler than we saw him last time. Um, 
First thing I notice is that he botches a dominator reversal. Uh, pretty bad. And he hits a shitty Pearl River plunge, though not as shitty as the last one that he hit on the yeah. outside at uh, SummerSlam, but pretty yeah. bad. Uh, good enough to eliminate Farouk, so there's that. Yeah. And then Farouk just kind of hangs out on the outside. He pulls they didn't him. rush. They didn't rush to that next spot at all. He just kind of hangs to the outside, and then he creeps in and does a it's like a Bobby the Brain Heenan maneuver. And right, but before before that, man, you can't skip over. D'Lo hits the lowdown. He hits the lowdown on Ahmed Johnson, but he doesn't pin him. Right? No, he gets up D'Lo, and yeah, he's he's young and dumb, man. D'Lo really, D'Lo really wants to put the boots to. He wants to put a nail in this Ahmed business, right? Put it to bed. Put it to rest. He wants to just really take care of him. Yeah. And then Ahmed decides to get up and start doing cardio. And apparently, when he starts doing cardio, nothing's nothing's phasing him. And then he goes off the ropes. Farouk grabs his legs, holds him, and nobody gives a shit about the rules. Farouk shouldn't even be there. He's holding him down. They get the pin, and then he kind of takes off. And you notice that they, Ron, Ron Simmons, Farouk runs back. Then Ahmed starts running back, and then Farouk stops, turns around, and they start kind of, you know, throwing hangers at each other. And then they both kind of put their arms over each other's shoulders and walk through the curtain <laughs> like they're buddies. <laughs> oh, that was a miss. These guys kind of had a love-hate relationship. I mean. Yeah, that was a love part. Over over the summer, Ahmed was in the nation for about uh, ten minutes. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, pretty much was. And I think the nation's original mission was to eliminate Ahmed Johnson. Yeah, we're not going to see too much more of Ahmed. This might be the last show. Nah, I think he's there for the Rumble. You think so? Maybe. I don't yeah. know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm getting mixed up with '96. Oh, he did hit. He hit a. I'm talking about Ahmed Johnson here. Did not see this coming. He hit, hit kind of a nice looking face plant suplex, like a Michinoku driver kind of thing. A Michinoku driver. He hit a he hit that on uh, D'Lo. Oh, that was just that he had like a sit out front suplex. Michinoku driver. That was not even close to. <laughs> Do you even like wrestling? <laughs> Michinoku driver, man. So I guess by your account, then when uh, when Hawk rolls comma up in a schoolboy, he essentially hits him with a DDT. <laughs> Fuck, man. <laughs> Let's move on to to something we really enjoy. <laughs> I guess that they they hit they hit that. Remember last episode. They they held uh, one of the the LOD I think it was LOD and hit him with a dick punch. They held his legs up and hit him with the dick punch. They did this move again, held him up, hit him with the dick punch. It was great. It was wonderful. I loved everything about it. And then the outlaws come out, mm-hmm. and they're wearing the face paint. They got the they got the spikes on of the LOD. Yep. And then they th- they throw the powder, the the old uh, ceremonial salt in the animal's face. Sure do. That's after that. That's kind of where the match goes sideways for me. Yeah, D'Lo gets eliminated, gives up to the ankle lock. Yep. Rock gives Shamrock the business. 
the rock's looking real good here it's really coming into his character he hits the first time i seen a people's elbow yeah he does hit the people's elbow and yeah. shamrock so shamrock doesn't look too bad either I, I i don't want to necessarily admit it but he doesn't look too bad with the rock and then maybe that's his dancing partner that makes him look better yeah they had a pretty pretty wicked feud for a little bit yeah. ultimately um, featuring some of the nastiest chair shots you'll ever see yeah 100 percent um so shamrock gets the rock to submit he is the sole survivor of our last survivor series style matchup so which one did you like the best out of the four that's hard to say because i think uh, maybe it's not hard to say i think probably it's the usa team canada hmm. i mean this yeah. one had delo and delos delos kind of got the same delos kind of got the rule of savio the two and a half stars Dilo might even have three now that I think. Ah, maybe not. Dilo probably gets a two and a half star uh, bar as well. But then they get in, they taps the ankle lock. It's it's okay. It's not that for for the amount of botches that could have happened in this match with the competitors on the face side, this match turned out pretty okay. Mm-hmm. But I think that the Team USA Team Canada match was probably the best of the Survivor Series style matchups. I think I give this one a slight edge, but not by much. They're right. they're they're both good Survivor Series matches, and yeah. for for the most part, all of them all of them were. You know, you, you, they they're like the Royal Rumble. They don't operate on the same sort of uh, you know, scale as your singles match. Obviously, yeah, yeah. So um, now we got the now we got some singles matches in the co-main event or whatever you want to call it. We got Stone Cold Steve Austin making his return. Turning from injury to challenge for the Intercontinental Championship against the guy who put him out of action and the man who beat Stone Cold Steve Austin, Owen Hart. Yes. So Hart won the title with an assist from the Rattlesnake at last month's show. Um, Yeah. Which was an interesting move, but we do get this grudge match happening and uh first note i got on this is the first note i had on the the last owen hart match the music man yeah um not as good it's not as good he's always got to have that king of the hearts mix king of hearts yeah not king of the hearts king of hearts uh mix just sound it sounds so much better and then he comes down with everybody and you know yeah he gets a huge reaction furnace and lafon as well so they, they all come down. That was that was pretty good. I mean, obviously, Austin comes out first, and then you know, the Canadian hero with, with the rest of Team Canada there come out. And so that was that was pretty good. He takes his little time getting in the ring, and then Anvil kind of does a sneak attack. Yeah, he pays for it. Yeah, he does pay for it with a stunner. Yeah, this was a short match. Short. It was a short hit, and I think it was probably because they probably wanted to make sure to protect Austin and his neck. Maybe I'm, I would. I mean, I don't know that for sure, but I'm guessing that's probably what it was. Just kind of see. Maybe don't give him the whole, you know, twenty minutes or fifteen minutes. Just uh, get in, get on, get get out, get get in, get out. What the hell am I trying to say? Get in, get out, go home. Yeah. Get in, get out, go home. Yeah, so that's I'm guessing that's kind of what the what the idea was. They did they started to break his neck chant. That wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah. Some sinister fans up there in Montreal. 
Uh, Owen, Owen, uh, or not Owen, Anvil and the rest of uh, Owen, no, Anvil, Furnace, Lafon, and Bulldog all leave after Anvil takes a stunner. And then Owen's walking to the back, and as he's walking walking to the back, King says that Owen's opening up a can of haul ass, which I thought was just a brilliant line. That was funny. And then uh, Austin attacks him, gets him, right? Starts roughing him up, and then he throws him into the ring, and as, as he throws him into the ring, Owen goes straight through to the other side and leaves. <laughs> he throws him. Look at brilliant, just genius. So Austin has to go to the other side of the ring, gets out of the ring on the other side. And at that point, did he hit him with a low blow? I think I was writing something at that point. I don't recall. There's uh, You talking about Austin hitting Owen with the low blow? No, Owen hitting... Owen hitting Austin because Owen hit. takes a ban. Owens takes advantage then. And that's when uh, they, Owen ends up ringing the bell. <laughs> he, just, yeah. he starts ringing the ring bell. And then you see Tito Ortiz or not Tito Ortiz. God damn it. Did it again. Tito Santana. Tito Santana is still at ringside. So it's uh, it's good to know that he's okay. Yeah. Playing through the pain. That stunner. I mean, stunner for Owen and it's, it's kind of over. It, there wasn't a lot to this match at all. No, then you, you get Furnace and Lafon. They get in there. They get stunners, and it's just basically giving the belt back to Austin is what it what it was. Yeah, pretty much. I think if you combine the match that they were having at SummerSlam and the finish of this match, I think you have one hell of a match. I agree. I agree. All right. Well, that brings us to the main event. Oh boy! Yeah, Brett the Hitman Hart defending his world championship against heartbreak kid Shawn michaels yeah and what has been uh commonly referred to as the old montreal screw job yeah so, we'll, we'll get into that we'll so get the, into the job. so this thing uh it takes a while to get going we got a long walk to the ring for heartbreak kid who's accompanied by his his entourage his and did you insurance. see did you see davy in the background as hbk was walking walking to the ring I didn't see Davey, no. Yeah, in the background when he's first walking out, you see Davey walking walking behind. It's almost like that, you know, the old Wizard of Oz. There's a midget hanging himself in the background. <laughs> like you see Davey walking in the back. That was that was pretty interesting. And then HPK doesn't know where to go. It was like, man, right. you should know like you should know where to go, right? You should know exactly what you're doing. And then uh, on his way out, he he doesn't bother me as much this time as he has in other episodes, but he takes, he takes some poor bastards flag and he is, he is absolutely, he is seeking heat and he is getting it. Now he takes that, that flag and then he starts performing vile acts, right? Horrible. He's nose wiping his, wiping his jennies. He starts humping the bastard at one point, right? Horrible acts. Just, just yeah. bad, just bad. Real disrespectful. But you know what happens? Huh. Brett comes to the ring. He knows where to go. He doesn't do anything lewd. He doesn't do anything crude. He walks to the ring with class. He walks to the ring like a champion should with his head held high. He's got his flag with him. Just being a good guy, right? Takes off his glasses, gives them to a kind fan doesn't hump anything doesn't wipe anything on his crack everything is nice and good when bret hart comes to the ring the crowd is going absolutely ape shit as the hitman's coming out 
That's true. And yeah, his intro goes for a long time. An awkwardly long amount of time, I think. But um, so, yeah, they they start brawling and the bell doesn't ring for about 10 minutes. Yeah, they just pre batch They just kind of let them cut it up. Say go for it. Kick each other's ass, which is kind of a weird way to start or I guess not start a match. Yeah, it, they started in the ring and then Hitman delivers a hell of a clothesline to Michaels. Uh, to knock him to the outside, and then they're, you know, brawling in and out of the in and out of the audience. Yeah. Um, Jr. says we we have one heck of a Donnie Brook going here. I'm not sure yeah. what that means. I'm not sure about Donnie Brook either. Um, didn't so look that one up. There are so many officials outside. It is absurd. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Briscoe, Patterson, a couple more Stooges, McMahon, Tim, Dwight, the whole gang. Just Patterson to... takes a takes a shot too, doesn't <laughs> yeah. he? And all of them are just yelling at these two guys. Get in the ring, guys! Come on! Yeah, yeah. come on! Come on, guys! Get in the ring! Come maybe on. by maybe by throwing out a few more officials, they'll listen to him. I don't. Uh, it that's a the ineffective official is really a lead a lead character in this season. Yeah, <laughs> you know? you're absolutely right. The they also he hit a suplex on the outside during that scuffle Ooh, that was nasty that was a brutal brutal suplex on the outside it, it, i mean you could hear the thud and that that's that's a thud that you don't you kind of don't ever want to hear and when they finally work their way back to the match the match starts they ring the bell and the first thing that, that brett does is goes on the offense choking him out with a flag yep grabs that quebec flag and chokes hbk and earl earl's just letting shit go He's not counting when they're on the outside. He's letting them choke him with the flag. He's just let, he's go for it, right? Let it go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we get we get a devastating inverted invert atomic drop, which we don't see that nearly enough. It's true. And um, yeah, for the first couple minutes of this, the official start of the match, the hitman's got the upper hand. The Michaels hits a. It's a good-looking flying forearm to, and he nips up to bounce back to a huge chorus of booze. Yeah, Michael's yelling at the crowd, just really antagonizing them, doing a great job being the asshole. The role he was born to play. Yeah, right. So he he, <laughs> and he takes Bret Hart's flag. He breaks breaks the flag stick and jams it into into the hitman's throat. <sighs> That's a disqualification. They're just letting it let it slide. It's very inconsistent. This is another theme of this season. The officiating is very inconsistent because they mentioned it's a no disqualification match, yet yep. they got to break it five, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Come on now. Wait, did they say that it was a no, no disqualification match? They said that, yeah. Oh, I didn't catch that at all. I didn't. Hmm. I didn't realize that it was. I don't okay. think it was billed as being, but that's what one of the announcers said. Okay. All right. So, uh, Michaels does his classic Ric Flair kind of upside down bump in the corner. Yes. This was the best match by a mile, even though it was a you know legendary shit show. Uh, Michaels pulls Earl in front of Brett to take a bump. And then we got a sharpshooter. Ebner comes to, rings the bell, and that's all, folks. Have to so- stay here. 
Uh, all right. All right. So we're, we're going to get into this a little bit. Uh, first of all, Sean Michaels does not know how to put on the sharpshooter. That's a real son of a bitch, isn't it? He doesn't know where to go to get to the ring, and then he doesn't know how to put on a sharpshooter. You looked in the guy's eyes, man. He was how do you, how else do you think he's taking these bumps? He okay. All right, whatever. We'll, okay. we'll, 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 <laughs> All right. We'll move we'll move past. Uh now there is a lot of shit surrounding the screw job, right? There's been a lot, there's been documentaries. I'm sure you've watched them. There's been interviews. I'm sure you've listened to them. So pretty, where do you stand on the screw job? Well, I'll take the, what's kind of the most consensus opinion of it is that it sucks that they had to do it, but they had to do it. Okay. So, I mean, that wor- that works for me. You know, it it out of it came a lot of great things. The hitman got the shaft out of the deal, but I mean, he was leaving town. Was why? Leaving town. Why did he have? To, why did they have to do it? I'm gonna. Th- I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I I have a thought here, and I. You know me. I'm a company guy, right? Through and through, I've always been a company guy, but I don't think that it was necessary. And I, in a lot of ways, I think it was kind of bullshit. So, okay. So I'm, it's been a while since I've watched any, I should have probably watched something leading up to this here, but so this is just kind of a, kind of an organic take on the, on the bit. Right. So Hitman's told to do a job. Yep. He says no. Yep. I mean, he was planning to leave. Yeah. And it's my understanding he wanted to, like, just forfeit the championship or something the next day on Raw. And that would be pretty shitty. So, I the, the stance that he took about not dropping the belt to Sean in Canada was due to Sean telling Brett that he wouldn't do the same for Brett. Mm. So Brett took a hard stand on that. Brett never took a hard stand, you know, really anywhere else as far as whether or not he's going to lose or so he took a hard stand on that. And I think at, at a certain point being the guy that he was for the company for as long as he was, I think that he should be able to at this juncture, take a stand. Now he's already signed and, and gone to WCW, right? The, the contract's already in. It's dry. He's he's gone. Vince, you know, kind of gave him this blessing as far as leaving. Uh, Vince said the door always be open down the line. You know, if you want to go get your money now, go get your money, and it's okay. So what Brett, you know, Brett's idea was to do was to go ahead and Monday Night Raw. He will uh, he'll, he'll come into town. He'll put he drop the belt to he i think he even said in one of the interviews he was willing to drop the belt to anybody else in the company but sean michaels he'd do it on monday night raw he even offered to just forefoot the title on monday night raw the following night everybody knew he was leaving he was leaving wcw it was not it was not a, like a well-kept secret at that point so why is it that 
Bret Hart comes up with all these other scenarios in which, you know, he pitches, hey, this is how I'd like to do it. This guy's a fucking prick. He's telling me to my face, he wouldn't put me over the same way that, you know, I'm being asked to put him over again. Why can't he show up and say, I'm relinquishing the title the same way that Shawn Michaels relinquished the title and walked away when he had to go find his fucking smile? Why is it okay that he does it that way, but Brett can't? And he's not doing, like, he's doing things, he's not leaving because he's, you know, addicted. He's not leaving because he's fighting all these demons. He's not leaving because he's doing things that are maybe not the right way, right? He, he's, he's, he's leaving, and he's gotten his blessing to leave. Why doesn't he get some respect on his way out? I think he's earned the respect on the way out. So to disallow him that and kind of take a shit on him on his way out, that's a real, that's a real bad thing to do. At the same time, I understand like you got to make sure that you keep the belt and you got to make, you know, all this other things, but why would they think now that Brett wasn't going to be stay true to his word when he has for everything else, he's been given his blessing to go to WCW. Why now do you think he's going to go back on his word? Do you have to do the screw job? Michael's forfeited the title and went home. I'm on it. Right. But he came back. Yep. Brett's leaving and ain't coming back. No, I signed a two-year deal. And Vince told him, go get your money. Down the line, if you want to come back, the door's open. Hmm. So why, like, I, I don't know. That's, that's the part that bothers me. And then the other thing that so, I did want to touch on, go ahead. So this, this thing had been a long time coming, mm-hmm. right? Michael's got the championship opportunity by, you know, winning the, the bad blood hell in the cell. Yep. So this was going to happen. Yes. This matchup was going to happen. Um, it's my understanding that the, what Brett thought was going to happen was some sort of a run in DQ. Is that, is that what, what your understanding is? Uh, you know, I don't remember, uh, type of deal. I've, I've heard, I've heard variations of what the, the finish could be, or, you know, potentially would have been, uh, but I don't remember them off the top of my head. Well, it turned out to be a obviously very important maneuver, you know, at the expense of one guy, really, yeah. you know, yeah. um, this of course led, you know, in case, I mean, contrary to the AOL room, you know, all this information wasn't available to everybody right, right. away back yep. then. Yep. And you know, this is like the first time where I was like, okay, is this, this is like actually real life stuff, you know? Um, probably the only time where something like this has happened and it, you know, exposed, exposed McMahon as the guy pulling the strings, you know, and yeah. led to him being, you know, maybe the best heel character this side of Hollywood Hogan, you know? Yeah. Um, so in the grand scheme of things, that's, that's what happened, you know. Is that the expense of the hitman, which I know you hate because he's everything mm-hmm. that's right in the world? 
Yes, he absolutely is. So, so they just the couldn't, other, they couldn't come they couldn't come to an agreement, and I get it's not fair because Michael's treated different than everybody else, including Bret Hart. Right. But but at the same time, it's not Brett's call. No, you're absolutely right. It's not Brett's call. I mean, I I mean, I guess realistically, if if your boss tells you to do this, that's what you got to do. But it's such a weird, such a weird time, you know, with 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 Brett leaving. Uh, Vince has got uh, or Brett's got Vince's blessing to leave. Uh, you know, it's there's a lot of different stuff, a lot of weird stuff surrounding this. Now, the other question I wanted to pose to you about this in general. The Montreal screw job. Is it a work? Now there are there are major conspiracy Montreal screw job theorists. And I, I want to point out a couple things. I mean, you you tell me what you think, but I want to point out a couple things that that leads to to both both ways. But what what do you think? I think based on your assessment of Bret Hart, which I think is a pretty accurate assessment. Mm-hmm. he's not going to carry on lying about this. Right. Right. That's where I'm at with it. Okay. He says he got screwed, you know, yep. If, yep. If, you know, if that's who Brett is, if Brett's this, you know, honest, you know, everything that's right in the world kind of guy, why is he, why is he yelling or lying about this at his own expense? Right. Now, uh, you know, Bret Hart comes from a wrestling family that is number one, protect the business, right? And if if Vince gets together with Bret and, and says, this is, you know, this is, uh, we're going to work everybody, everyone, and just Vince, Bret, and Earl know go you know what's going on. Or Vince Brett, Earl and Sean, right? Know what the finish is. Because obviously Earl knows what the finish is. Mm-hmm. Is that believable to you? And they have not once looked back and and cracked the egg and knowledge on this conspiracy theory. They've always just went with it because it's one of the most monumental moments in wrestling history. Mm-hmm. And Brett's looking at it like a storyline. Sean's looking at it like a storyline. Vince is looking at it like a storyline. They're not going to open the door to that. I mean, in the world of professional wrestling, it is believable. Okay, now that's, that's the beauty of that's the beauty of professional wrestling. Yep. So now, when the match is over, Earl runs right, takes off. <laughs> yeah. Bell rings. Earl runs and. Earl has said before that he runs straight to his car, had his brother had the car started and they left. (laughs) Right. You've heard that. Yeah. But on, on TV, when I think this was a Scott Hall take, when the match ends, the screw job is over and Brett spits right on the face of Vince McMahon, the camera not only catches Brett spit in his face, but then, zooms in on the fact that Vince just had his face spit in. Mm-hmm. Now, if this isn't a if this isn't a, a, a work, right? There's no way the camera would not only catch him getting his 
because he's if brett's leaving it does nothing good for vince mcmahon and that camera angle and that shot to get zoomed in on the camera goes somewhere else the camera goes on michael's grabbing the belt the camera goes somewhere else completely other than vince getting spit in his face right that what do you, what do you mean that does nothing good of course it does something good It's exposing Vince as the as the bad guy here. Oh no, yeah, no, I said that wrong. I said that wrong. It does nothing but good. It gets him more heat. Right, right. As the bad guy, right? Right. So the camera right. zooms in, like the whole thing plays out perfect, right? More heat on Vince. Yep. Right? Yep. More thunder for Brett to come back, right? When he does two years down the line, gets wrapped up with this WCW gig, comes back. And he's got all the thunder in the world to come back, right? Now, the other thing that happens too, and they don't show this on the the network, but on the Coliseum home video version of this, afterwards, after the match, they play Brett's music. And on the Coliseum video, they even say, here is extra footage from Coliseum video. And they released it on the video and they show brett throwing some monitors around they show brett they even show brett do the wcw he writes wcw in the air and they release that footage i just about wore that video out from the video store man yeah so they and they show that footage released on coliseum video why do that why release that footage of brett hart doing show like writing wcw in the air throwing some monitors around throwing i think he throws a mic into the crowd nothing huge right doesn't destroy anything anything like that why do all that if if it is in fact a true legitimate screw job it was out the open man they're not trying to hide shit right okay i don't know i don't know i'd like i said that's that's kind of the beauty of professional wrestling because it could it could have better work. I mean, mm-hmm. I saw that dark side of the ring, Scott Hall without flinching. Says, yeah, that was a work, you know? Yep. Yep. Um, I don't know. There's, there's no way to know for sure. I guess. Right. It's, and that makes it kind of sexy, doesn't it? <laughs> makes it a little sexy. Yeah. Yeah. The screw job is a very sexy story. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's got it all. So there's, there's, I don't know. I go different ways with it. There's some days where I'm like, oh yeah, there's probably just giant work. And there's other days where I'm like, no, there's absolutely no way. Um, I love Bret Hart. I wish that he had a better final match in the company that he put on his back for, you know, for as long as he did, mm-hmm. um, that he put so much into. I wish he would have had a better final match with them. That, that part of it is kind of the most disheartening part of the whole Montreal screw job situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, the timing of it, you know? Yeah. Like, did it have to happen right then? Right. I mean, different... Yeah, it's it's really a fascinating time. Kind of a... It's kind of a cornerstone moment here of this year. Mm-hmm. Year of season that we're covering. This yeah. is... This is referred to as the birth of the Attitude Era, the show. So we get... um. We get the Outlaws debuting on pay-per-view, yep. doing their thing. That was good. That was uh, great. 
Billy Gunn totally missed a leg drop, which almost ruined it. What was that? The glancing. It was glancing boot, right? (laughs) All right. All right. Fair enough. We get Stone Cold Steve Austin back in there. That was good. Uh, Rock Rock looking great. Mm -hmm. Um, D-Lo. D-Lo looking great. Don't. D-Lo Brown. Skip D-Lo. Okay, I'm not. You caught me. Mm -hmm. And we have the final chapter of, you know, one of the one of the more iconic rivalries that the company has ever had some a rivalry yep. that they really should have gotten more mileage out of if it wasn't for, you know, political bullshit, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess that's, that's, that's fair to say. Um, boy, think, the other thing, the I other think, thing, too, uh, Hitman, Hitman did sign a giant contract and Vince was, going back on the deal. That was the other thing too. Vince was saying he didn't have the, you know, the money to pay him on his, on his contract. So I don't, I, there's just so much around it. I just, it's, it's really hard, really hard situation there. Cause I mean, if they stayed true to the contract that he signed, then Brett wouldn't have been able to even negotiate with WCW at this time. And Vince let him negotiate with WCW. There's, there's so much, it's such a, just a, God damn, it's a sexy-ass topic, isn't it? And like I said, just the timing, the Federation was about to boom here. Yeah. You know, it would have had more than enough money to honor that contract, I'm sure. Yep. You know, and there's just a lot of a lot of unfinished business, really. I mean, outside of Austin, the – I mean, outside of Heartbreak Kid, Austin wow. – it's the only other guy that comes to mind as, you know, uh, somebody that they could have slid in there, but the timing wasn't right. Um, I mean, you could give it back to the Undertaker, sure. Yeah. But Undertaker yeah. doesn't need the title. Um, no, Undertaker's like a fallback plan. You know, the – yeah, the – I'm sure there's a lot more a lot more mileage in that, in that Hart-Austin feud as well. But yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, I, I like this show actually, like compared, compared to the rest of the shows we've been doing, I'd rank this one pretty high. Okay. I believe we're on show 10 of this okay. season. So. Yeah. Short show 10. It, it was a good show. I, I mean, the, the, the parts that were kind of a bummer to me are obviously, you know, the, the, uh, heart, you know, hearts exit. It's tough tough that that was the way that he exited in that kind of match. Cause it wasn't a great match to, to finish off. Uh, I think that the survivor series matches are always fun. So it's hard to get like hard to get away from, from that uh, mankind and Kane pretty decent uh, kind of a car wrecked situation or Mick just continuously running into a, to a wall. And then Austin Owen oh, was a quick, was a quick little match. Wasn't you know much to write home about. It was a pretty good event. I enjoyed the event. Mm-hmm. I'm disappointed that this is the end of Bret Hart's run in the series of episodes. Right, right. This will be our next show. I think is in your house, Degeneration X, and it will be yeah. it will be the first show in the year of Duke and Rogue podcast to not include Bret Hart. Yeah, that's going to be a sad day. But speaking of Degeneration X, I got the card up. All right. <laughs> I love, hey, you know, this is kind of how we outro. Give it to uh, me, player. All right. Do you have any guesses as to, do, I mean, just give me some type of uh, 
give me some guess. What do you what do you think we're gonna see on this card? I think we got Shamrock challenging for the title, right? That is accurate. Um, I'm gonna say do we got LOD in the outlaws? It seems like they got a feud brewing. <laughs> yep, we got LOD in the outlaws. All right. Um so I know Austin's gonna be on there. Yep. Austin Austin's gonna face the rock. The, the rock. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm intrigued. I was gonna say it's a this is a pretty horny card. So I mean keep keep guessing here because this is this is pretty great. They're gonna have is Triple H working at all? Triple H is working and you so will you, not believe. So you got the Bulldogs, you got Owen? No, no. Uh Vader. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good guess, but no, not Vader, man. Fucking Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> He's working Sarge right. in a in a boot camp match. Well, that's Sarge's specialty. That is his specialty. Uh, I mean, there's still a plenty more on this card, believe it or we, not. We got a minis match? No, man. Unfortunately, there's not a minis match. We got a light heavyweight match? We have Taka Mishinoku versus Brian Christopher for the inaugural light heavyweight championship. All right. Yeah. Grandmaster and Taka. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah. We still, we still got more. Is Kane doing anything? Uh, no. Uh, Foley, he doing anything? Uh, no. Nope, not seeing Foley either. Okay, so we got... Give me a second here. Vader on there? No Vader. Man, we're missing out. Owen, he's got to be out here. No Owen. Ahmed Johnson? I think I think they were taking a little step away from the Heart Foundation after this. <laughs> uh, no, no, Ahmed. Nope. Your boy, there's some... your boy D'Lo, D'Lo Brown on this thing. Well, I mean, he's the Rock is face. He's not wrestling, but he's in the corner of the Rock. Who else is there, man? You're not going to guess some of the shits. So I'll just I'll give you the whole rundown. And this is actually. Remember the last time I made you horny with a card? This one's probably hornier. Okay. Give so we got Taka, Taka versus uh, Grandmaster Sexay for the inaugural light heavyweight championship. Four stars. Pro- well, yeah, probably could be. We got the Bariquas. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I said Bariquas, and I, I fuck, I'm pretty sure I felt it move. Uh, <laughs> versus... Versus the DOA. <laughs> of course it's versus the DOA. <laughs> <laughs> All right, six-man tag action. We have... One star. What? No. Baselines. It's not about... Okay, baseline. okay 2.5. All right. Now, the next one I would have never guessed, but it is Butterbean. <laughs> Do you want to know who Butterbean's fighting? Marvelous Mark? It's Marvelous Mark. Oh, man. Two stars. We got uh, the Outlaws versus the LOD. We got Triple H and Sergeant Slaughter. (laughs) And the boot camp. Jeff Jarrett versus the Undertaker. (laughs) Undertaker probably getting all that revenge, right? From Rumble 94. (laughs) Right. Right. That's intriguing. Uh, yeah, Austin versus The Rock and Ken Shamrock versus Shawn Michaels 
for the championship. That's a pretty that's good, a, that's a good that's sounding a, card. That's a horny card. The only way it could be better? Bret Hart was there. Gigolo Jimmy, maybe. Gigolo Jimmy was there, yeah. But, it, I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting because the, 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 the landscape now changes. So it's the first time, really, I mean, in I've our never, last year. I've never seen this show. Yeah. Oh, you've never seen it? No. I, I, I watched it uh, when the network first came out, whatever it was, 10 years ago. But, uh, yeah, it's it's been a lot. It's been at least 10 years since I've seen it. So I'm looking forward to watching it again. Should be fun. This is kind of a, the turning point in the in the series of episodes that we're doing now. Much like when Hulkster dropped the belt to Yoko, now we got uh, another shift, and and we're moving on without Brett. So it'll be an interesting run here to 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 cap off this next slide of episodes. All right. Well, we want to thank you for tuning in to the Year of Duke and Rogue podcast uh, today. We've been talking about Survivor Series '97. Next up, we got In Your House Degeneration X. So. I'm Duke Bags. I want to thank you for tuning in. I'm Kevin Rowe. Get horny for that next episode, everybody. <laughs>